Welcome home. We are in action items. Today, I want to talk to us about spiritual disciplines. Now, don't go to sleep yet because I'm not going to let you in this segment, all right? Because it's a little interactive today for, for all of you in the room that are just like, no, Chuck, I don't interact. I just come to church. I want to hide. Bad day. For those of you that are just like, let me talk to everybody. You're going to love it. Okay, for those of you that are in between, you're just going to kind of tolerate it. Now, one of the goals I've got for this new year is uh, I want our church to talk back to me. All right. Now, I realize many of you didn't grow up doing that. All right. But this year, I want us to learn. So I'm going to say two phrases, and then I need you to respond with one of four ways, whichever one rings your bell. All right. Like you can say, you, I keep you a little stayed with it. You'll be like, amen. You try that. Amen. Well, Rick's a little fired up, but you know, it's. it's most of you want me to like, amen, all right? Then you got, you got the kind of folks in the middle, which kind of quiet, kind of reserved, but it's like, yes, try that. Yes. Now put a little sass to it. Yes. yes. All right, you're getting, a little bit, you're getting better. All right, let's go to the third element. This folks get a little more fired up. Preach. Preach. Where have y'all been all my life? All right, and then we got the fourth one over here, which is kind of a combo of all of it, which is like, amen, yes, Preach. See how easy that is? Like some of y'all, the only thing you've ever cheered for it if you said go dogs. You want to throw that out there? I'll bark for you. All right, just whatever works for you. But what I want you to do is learn to talk back to me. So I'm going to use these two phrases. You ready? I'm going to say, God is good. You're going to respond in one or the other way. Then I'm going to say, God is good all the time. You're going to respond again. Are you ready? God is good. Okay, y'all didn't get the assignment. Okay, you respond in one of those four ways. And then I say the second phrase. All right, you with me? All right, I'm seriously, it's like working with middle schoolers. All right, here we go. Let's, let's try it again. All right, God is good. Yeah. See, we're getting there. God is good all the time. Yeah. Okay, now watch this. See how easy that is? You didn't even have to take in an extra breath. You got this, right? So while I'm teaching, if I say something to you that's like ticks you off a little bit, you can throw something back, right? Like, Chuck, don't go there, all right? Which means I'm going to, all right? But it, you could say, preach. And I'm like, I'm going to double down on it. You're right. So whatever works, I need to hear from you. Now, if you think I'm going to stop this in 24, we're going all the way to December 31, teaching y'all how to talk back to me. All right. right? Cause I really do think church ought to be an interactive thing. I mean, there's no such thing as a sage girl, talk to me. So we're going to have a little fun today on spiritual disciplines, which doesn't even sound like it'd be a fun talk except for this one thing. Now watch this, hold up your right finger like this. Go ahead. I know some of y'all think it's too cool to do it, but go ahead. Then hold up your left finger like this. All right, now watch this. Your right finger represents where God is. This is where you are. Spiritual disciplines do this. You're supposed to move your finger. Spiritual, (laughs) I'm telling you, it's just like middle schoolers. All right, do it like this, right? Now watch this. Did you notice God didn't move? You do, right? Because see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you say, where was God when I was in my mess, where he's always been, right? Where, do, where, where am I in my mess? One of, one of three ways. You're stagnant, you're declining, or you're growing. If you're stagnant or you're declining, you're dying, all right? Now watch this. From here to heaven, every follower of Jesus is designed to grow because healthy things grow. But for some of y'all, You became Christians when you were seven in vacation Bible school. For some of you, when you were 17 at high school camp. For some of you, when you were 27, when you had your first kid. For some of you at 47, when you lost your first fortune. For some of you at 67, because you know you're going to die and you need heaven. Are you with me? 
See? Talk to me. So, so the challenge is, at what point do you want to get on the journey where you're moving closer to God? Because here's what I know about everybody in the room. Nobody in the room woke up this morning and thought, I don't want peace. Nobody said, I don't want joy. Nobody said, I don't want to know my purpose. Everybody I know benefits from greater joy, greater peace, greater purpose. Now watch this. You do not find greater joy or discover your purpose without finding peace. And the only place you find enduring, lasting peace is knowing God. So what we see, see how easy this is? So watch this. If God never moves and changes, who has to move? We do. And the way we do that is through spiritual disciplines. Now, take a look at this continuum on the screen. I want you to recognize that, that many, there it is, that many of us, we, we haven't taken step one. I got to know Jesus. You say, well, okay, well, Chuck, help me out with that one. See, when we trust Jesus with our life, you hear preachers talk about you got to accept Jesus, you got forgiveness for your sins. What it really means is this, that God loves you so much that he gave Jesus so that you could have a way to be right with God, allowing you the privilege to grow to become more like him. Got it? But in Jesus is the only way. So some of us have got to start right there. Some of us have done that and we're just getting a little Bible in us, but let's face it, most of us are like, Chuck, I just don't get it. I don't know, how, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do, but... but I, I want to read the Bible. I just, don't, I, I just don't get it. And then some of us have moved on and we've gotten into groups or some of us have learned how to pray or insert gratitude or meditation. We, we, some of us are going out on mission and serving. Some of us are even giving, right? So we're all on this continuum differently. Put your fingers back up. You ready? Now watch this. People stand on the continuum. Sometimes you have a day where you're here. And sometimes in that same day, you take a step backward. Sometimes you move all the way here and some days you feel like you're even further here. Now, what's the difference in the two? Over here, I feel a connection to God because I'm abiding with him. Over here, I feel apart from God and I'm away from him. The closer I am, the richer the blessing. The further I am, the more distant and fearful I am. So what is the goal in spiritual discipline? To move on the continuum closer to God. Now, this, this roadmap, the, the words are different for everybody. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no standard. By the way, families don't stand on the continuum. Churches don't stand on the continuum. Couples don't stand on the continuum. Individuals do. You, my friend, are the keeper of your soul. Whew. Now watch this. Because some of us think, well, I've got the Holy Spirit. I've asked Jesus to come in my life. But you have squashed that Holy Spirit down so much that you don't trust him, that you don't live for him, that you don't walk with him to the degree that you're not growing more like him. And that Holy Spirit is screaming at you saying, let me do my job. But see, what happens is in our own self-sufficiency, we think we can do God's job. Hear me, friend. You can't. There is but one God, and we are not him. And so if we want to move this way, we've got to insert some spiritual disciplines because the Christian life is one of continued growth that far exceeds a choice to follow Jesus, but you have to start there. Like, heaven's awesome, right? Like, I'm glad I gave my life to Jesus because I know when somebody preaches my funeral, they're going to be able to say, Chuck gave his life to Christ, and I know to be absent from this body then is to be present with the Lord. Got it, right? I mean, that's awesome. But what, what happens if I don't believe Jesus enough that all he gives me is heaven, but I don't get to experience some version of heaven now? Like, what if, what if I'm satisfied with just the hell I'm living rather than the heaven I could live? 
What if I'm experiencing all, no peace, no joy, no purpose. I'm stressed out to the max that I have no hope that tomorrow's going to be better because there's nothing in my life moving me closer to God. Well, then I've got to own that. Because here's what I know about every person listening, watching, or in this room. You got all the Jesus you want. Like if, if you say, I, I got no Jesus, watch this. That's not the church's fault. It's not the preacher's fault. It's not God's fault. That's on you. 100% on you. Because you can have all of him you want, and there is no letdown as to who he will serve, where he will serve, or how he will serve. Jesus wants to unpour his very best into you through you, on you, and for you. But you got to want it and grow up, become more like him. The closer you get to God, the richer the blessing. The further away you are, the more you blame everybody else for your junk. And, and we all got junk, don't we? We all got junk. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3 says this. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. You say, but Chuck, you do that every week. You go through the base of Christ every week. I'm not going to stop till we get it. Amen. Now watch this. I got some people that'll come to me and say, Pastor, I wish you'd preach deeper. All right, stop doing that. All right, just hush. Because in this room, I got people who don't know Jesus from apple butter, and I got people that are studying and memorizing the book of Revelation. I got everything in between. All right, I got to talk to all of you. All right? But you know what I want? I want heaven to get bigger. I want hell to get smaller. And I want people that know heaven to grow more like him. And some of that is basic. But now listen, don't count on me to deliver in you what only God can deliver in you. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm simply some dude that's preaching. But when you want the Spirit of God to teach you, he will. But you got to want that. And you see, well, Chuck, but going over the basics again and again, listen to the rest of it. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Some of y'all got saved when you were eight, and you're still drinking baby formula. I mean, it's time for some of y'all to bite into a burger. And it's time for some of y'all eating burgers to bite into a steak. And if some of y'all eating steak, it's time to become a chef. Healthy things grow. And if you're not healthy in your walk with God, you're not growing, you're going backward. And if you're going backward, you're dying. And watch this. Jesus did come to give you heaven, but he came to give you so much more. He came to give you peace now. He came to give you blessing now. Why wouldn't I want that? Well, Chuck, I'm just too busy. Oh, that's such bull. I mean, y'all scrolling Instagram at night. I know you're not too busy. You're posting stuff on Facebook and Twitter, and you're making videos about something goofy in your life. You're watching. I don't have to. That's garbage. If you've got time for Netflix, you've got time for Jesus. If you've got time for social media, you've got time for Jesus. Now, hear me, folks. Listen, if you want to lose weight, you'll find a way. If you want to get in shape, you'll find a way. If you want to grow up and receive the richest blessing from God, you will find a way but you got to want to. Now, see, you, chuck, you could say, now, Chuck, listen, first, first summer of the year, I mean, it, you ought to go easy on us. I'm done with easy. Because I'm tired of being here Sunday after Sunday with babies who won't grow up in Christ and want to blame the whole world for what's going on in their junk when the Spirit of God wants to jump into your life and solve it and bring you peace, but you won't invite him in. 
And then you wind up in my office saying, I don't know what happened. And I'll say, well, let me walk you through it. And inevitably, we get to the same place. We need more Jesus. I got to grow up. Listen to the rest of the text. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Maybe. But at some point, you got to move past it. You don't need further instruction about baptism, laying on hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, listen to this. God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. We might actually grow up. How do I do that? I insert spiritual disciplines in my life. In all of our walks in life, one of the things we know is that God wants to sanctify us. Now, watch this. If, you just, if I change that term and I said, what God wants to do is grow you up and become more like him. That's sanctification. But now watch this. You can join God in the work, but you can't sanctify yourself. Only the Spirit of God can do that work in your life, which means you've got to turn him loose. Well, how do you turn him loose? I insert spiritual disciplines in my life so I can grow to become more like him, turning him loose more day by day by day, moment by moment by moment. You see, when we grow to become more like him, we're literally fulfilling God's will for our life. You might be saying, Chuck, well, I, w- I don't know what God's will for my life is. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4.3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. So what is one of God's will for your life? Grow up. Just grow up. You say, well, Chuck, can you give me some evidences of what mature Christianity looks like? Well, now, I want to be careful with this because the standard is internal first, not external. Right? A mature believer in Christ has got their heart melded with the heart of Christ first. And you don't always see it immediately. Like some of, some of the people who serve most in the life of this church aren't serving in any area at all, but they're praying for people that don't even know they're praying for. You see, when we grow to become more like Christ, it becomes less and less about us. When we grow to become more like Christ, it's less and less about we're a victim and he's the victor. When we grow to become more like Christ, we stop fussing at everybody else and we look in the mirror and ask God to do work in our life. Now watch this. When we do this, we are becoming sanctified. But remember, you are the keeper of your soul. You are responsible for your maturity. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says this. We never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, this is Paul, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. In other words, when, he, when they received, the church in Thessalonica, when they received the word from Paul, they realized it wasn't Paul's words. It was what they had to deal with was God's word for them. Now watch this. You don't need more word from Chuck. You don't need more word from some hyper preacher. You don't need some more word from a musician or an author. You need a word from God. And where you get a word from God is in God's word. See how wonderful that is? He didn't hide from you. He's right here. He wants to unpack it for you. It goes on and says, you accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. Now watch this. Some of you set a goal this week to start the year that said, I want to read through the Bible this year and you've already quit. All right. I get it. All right, listen, my goal for you is not for you to read the Bible through in a year. My goal is for you to read a little bit of the Bible every day. I I need you to take this on and hear this word. We don't need more intensity. We need more consistency. 
See, the, the challenge is in Christianity, especially in America, we go out there and make this big splash about this is what God wants me to do and I'm going to go do this big thing. And then we do it and we fizzle out and then we go back to our ways and the world says, see, I told you that's the way they were. But what if over consistency and over time we can make a difference? One of my favorite books was written by James Clear. So the name of the book is Atomic Habits. Great read. And it's, it's kind of like this. Some of you say, I'm going to run a marathon this, this year. Well, instead of trying to do it in February, how about you just don't work out, miss a workout in January? I'm, I'm going to write a book this month. Well, how about you just write 10 minutes a day? Chuck, I'm, I'm going to go to a prayer conference. I'm, I'm going to be a prayer warrior. Well, how about praying without ceasing? Well, Chuck, I'm going to go on a mission trip and change the world. Arr! Well, how about if you just live on mission every day? And you see, I believe the Spirit of God blesses consistency far more than he does intensity. There's nothing wrong with intensity, but consistency is far better. In our spiritual walk, we're not talking about changing everything. All right, here, we're going to do a little interactive thing. You ready? Okay, you got to stick with me. If, if I lost you, come back here. All right, you ready? I need you to think real quick one thing you're grateful for, and just think about it real quick. You ready? Turn to somebody beside you and tell them what you're grateful for. Now, say it out loud. What are you grateful for? Good. What are you grateful for, Pastor? Amen. All right, you got it? All right, did the other person reciprocate? If not, do it now. I see some of y'all. Some of you men are doing this. <laughs> Guys, if you didn't turn to your wife and say, you, baby, then you're crazy. I mean, I'm, see? I'm from Georgia. You know what we say about that? I want to help you. All right, now watch this. I'm going to read a piece of scripture because based on averages, most of you didn't read any scripture this morning. I, don't worry, I'm not going to take a poll. I just, I'm just assuming. All right, by the way, I did. No amens on that one. Okay, all right. All right, Psalm 19, verse 7. Listen to these words. You ready? The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. I need a little of that. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. I know I need that. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for the living. I know I need that. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey him. Come on. That's the word of God for you today. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think for a second. What do you think God wants you to do or what you sh should think about that text? I want you to think about it. Get in your head. What is it the Lord wants you to hear, know, do, or think about that text? How many of y'all are writing it in your phone right now? Shame on y'all. Everybody should be. All right, you ready? I want you to say it out loud, but silently, so you don't freak out the person next to you. But I want you to say it out loud when I count to three. All right, you, say it, you can say it like, I think the Lord wants me. Or you can say, I know it. You go, whatever you want to do, all right? But you got to say it out loud. You ready? One, two, three, go. 
All right. Now watch this. I want you to think of the kind of person, an adjective that would describe the kind of person God wants you to be, do, and act like today. Think of the word, go. Turn the opposite way and tell somebody that word. Say it out loud. Reciprocate. All right, now let's assume it's the end of the day today, right now, and I want you to give yourself a score on one to 10. 10 is I'm killing it on that adjective. One is I totally stink, I'm dying here. All right, what number would you give yourself? Go. All right, you got it? Okay, watch it, look at me, look at me, you ready? What you just did was a measure of spiritual discipline. You can do this in less than seven minutes a day. God, I'm grateful for. God, here's what your word told me. God, here's the person I know you want me to be. And then my prayer for you would sound something like this. God, would you give me wisdom? Would you give me courage to live this out? God, would you speak into my life and quiet my soul so that I can hear you today? And Lord, could I finish this day having become the person you want me to be? In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Why not insert that discipline into your life? You say, Chuck, but that seems so simple. Guys, listen, I'm not asking you to memorize the book of Romans this week. I just want you to get this spiritual probiotic of the power of God in your life so that you can move on this continuum from where you are to where God wants you to be. Listen to what 1 Thessalonians 4 says in verse 7. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. In other words, it's not about what other people think. It's about you turning away from God. Too much of our American Christian life is what we think people look at us and think about. I promise you, God's not worried about what some other person thinks about you because if you're walking with God, they're going to fall in love with you or they're going to hate you. Either way, you're safe. And so we've got to have this desire to go there. But now hear me, spiritual disciplines and following some measure of what you do isn't the goal. The goal is that disciplines cause you to love God more. Don't fall in love with the discipline so much that you think that's Jesus. The goal isn't to do it. The goal is to grow up in Christ. It's simply a tool that gets you there, right? You're not saved and you don't get more salvation because you pray more, read the Bible more, or grateful more, right? You're just growing up. Like you're just maturing. You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get more salvation. Let me tell you what you do get. You get the assurance that I'm growing in Christ which comes with the richest blessing of God. So you see, but, but Chuck, it sounds like you're trying to tell me, I have to do this. Well, hear me in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so you can't boast about it. This isn't about you putting it out on Facebook. I prayed for six straight days. Yeah. Okay, kind of defeats the purpose. This isn't about I've read my Bible for 100 straight days. You know, give me an accolade. Kind of defeats the concept. Are you with me? The closer you grow to Jesus, the more humble you'll become. The closer you grow to Jesus, the more of a servant you become. And the closer you grow to Jesus, the more he knows you and you know his voice. Whoo. When you know his voice more, you've got something going. Because in the middle of the day, Tuesday at that board meeting, he's there with you and you know his voice. Three things that I know spiritual disciplines do. They build consistency, they prevent complacency, and they draw us closer to God. 
All right. Now, consistency is a no-brainer. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Some of y'all hitting the gym like that's your faith. Well, I, I run, Pastor Chuck. I don't even understand that. But bless your heart. Like, I mean, this doesn't run, you know? But Pastor Chuck, I, I'm out there. Look at me. I'm, mm, well, bless your heart. That's awesome, you know? We should care for this body. But listen to me, caring for your body is temporal. Caring for your soul is eternal. And if you don't believe that your eternal soul is worth caring for, then you've literally put God in such a small box that you won't, we won't open the box up. And you said, I can do it on my own. Consistency is truly about us not being willing to let the world overrun our life. Now, now I, I know there are people right now, you know what you're thinking? Pastor Chuck, you, know, you have no idea how busy I am. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not here to bust your bubble. I bet you are busy. Really, I, I bet you are. But if you don't have seven minutes for Jesus, there's some priority in your life that's way out of sorts. Way, way out of sorts. And it's no wonder that you're crashing and burning. And if you say, no, Chuck, I'm doing great. Crash is coming. Because that would say that you're fully complacent. You know what the difference in complacency and contentment is? Contentment is I'm at peace with who I am. Complacency is I don't care. When we say we don't care, we take on complacency. Merriam-Webster in the dictionary, she defines complacency this way. Self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. And my favorite, an instance of usually unaware or uninformed self-satisfaction. You know what that sounds like? That sounds a lot like self-righteous smugness and pride, which says, I don't need God. I got this. You know what comes right before you fall and crash and burn? Pride. You know what pride is? Self-assurance. You know how you get self-assurance? You run the opposite from God. Because the closer you run to God, the more you need him and the more he's there for you. Why on earth would I not do that? And then I look at this and I think to myself, how does it really cause me to draw closer to God. John 17, 3 says this, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one who you sent to earth. The Christian life, friend, is about knowing God. That's what we're made for, to know him, to worship him, and to live out his purpose. That's what we're here to do. What, what should be the action item for every follower of Jesus? That we know God, and we discover his purpose in our life. How do you do that? I insert spiritual disciplines and I move on this continuum. You say, well, Chuck, well, there's, there's got, I've got the Holy Spirit. Can I, can't he just do it on his own? Well, he could, yeah. I mean, the Holy Spirit's not limited by anything but you. Because he, if you'll trust him to the degree that you want to know him, he'll grow in you. I mean, he's just waiting there to do it. I mean, if you're a Christian, he's already there. You just got to turn him loose. So drawing closer to God involves abiding or clinging to Jesus. Well, Chuck, that sounds so preacher-esque. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. 
For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So he's talking to people that understand a vineyard, understand the vine, understand the branch, understand the fruit, right? You, you don't have a good root system, you don't have a good vine. You don't have a good vine, you don't have a good branch. You don't have a good branch, you don't have good fruit, all right? This is our problem. Like, we think that we're the root. No, 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 we're the branch. We think we can function like the vine. No, 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 we're the branch. What kind of fruit are we supposed to produce? Well, just look at the fruits of the Spirit. As you're walking through life, is there anything like gentleness coming from you? Is there anything that, that looks like, okay, wait a minute, I'm, I'm self-disciplined. Is there anything that, that looks like love, like grace, like mercy, like tenderness? Is any of that happening in your life? No, Chuck, because I'm a man. R. Well, then crash and burn. It's your choice. I mean, you, you, you pick. It's like, Chuck, dude, I... It's my first time back at church, man. You're killing me. No, man, I, I want you to experience the best. I, I don't want you to live a mediocre life. I want you to experience the best. I want you to get it all. In verse 8, it says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. I mean, Jesus is saying, if you're really my follower, if you're really my apprentice, if you're really my disciple, then, man, you're going to produce good fruit. You say, well, Chuck, listen, I'm too busy to produce fruit. No, no, no. That just means you're too self-sufficient to cling to the vine. I, I, I can do it on my own. Here's the problem. You can't go to heaven on your own. You can't grow up to become more like Christ on your own. You can't produce good fruit on your own. Well, then, Chuck, what do I need? I need the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus. What do I have to do? Spiritual distance, go closer. Well, Chuck, are the church supposed to do that? Well, yeah, we're supposed to provide some tools for you, but you got to want to do it. You've got to want to grow up. Listen, if, if you're looking for some tools, then listen to the weekday podcast, get scripture in, hear a little bit, weekdaypodcast.com. Chuck, I don't really do podcasts. Oh, come on, you're listening to ESPN on XM, stop it. I'm listening to 680. You're listening to Buck Blue in the middle of the day. Come on, you can listen to the weekday podcast. Stop it. Well, Chuck, I, I, mean, I, know I, I, I listen to true crime. Well, bless your heart. Take five minutes and listen to the weekday podcast. Right? Well, Chuck, I, I, what do, I, I don't know where to start reading the Bible. Okay, now no, watch this. How many of you have a smartphone? Raise your hand. How many of you have a smartphone? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you have any measure of apps on your smartphone? Any of them? Yeah. Guess what you do? You learn how to use them. Isn't that amazing? You touch it, and it does stuff. Now, there's a thing called the Bible app. You touch it, and all of a sudden, the thing it says plans. Touch plans, and you pick from one of hundreds of plans. Like, some of you need to start with a three-day plan. Just start reading the Bible three days. Well, Chuck, I, I don't, we're talking five minutes, people. Right? Just get started. Well, Chuck, I, 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 tell me that one more time. Gratitude, scripture, what did God teach me? What's the kind of person God wants me to be? Pray for that. This, this isn't hard. I'd also want to go to sugarhill.church slash action items. You'll find a list of tools, including a link to James Clear's book I told you about. I want to help you decide to become a healthy keeper of your soul. Friend, I, I'd given anything if I took my spiritual discipline seriously in my 20s. But see, I, I didn't really take spiritual discipline seriously until my 50s. I'm 64 now. 
You know, I've learned the older you get, the easier it is to recognize your need for God because you're getting closer to him. But I can't imagine how much more secure I'd be today if I'd started in my 20s or 30s. I can't imagine the blessings I've missed because I lived on my self-sufficiency for so long. When I became the pastor here 12 years ago, I was the single biggest jerk on the planet. I was certain I knew everything. I know what to do. I know how to do it. I know how to grow the church. You know what I realized? I didn't know Jack. God had to beat me like a yard dog. And he's still doing it because I love self-sufficiency. I love prideful thought. I love thinking I can do this. Look around this room. You know what y'all are called? The goodness of God. I am the least capable preacher I know on the planet. I am the last possible person I would have chosen to pastor a church anywhere. And yet some knucklehead like me can go from where I was to finding the beauty and the grace of God by simply inserting spiritual disciplines in my life. Guys, I I didn't come out of high school, go to college, go to seminary, pastor a little church, and grow up in a big church. I didn't do any of that. My life was the most whacked out story. You couldn't even imagine how weird it is. There's nothing that qualifies me to do what I do. Nothing. Except this one thing. Lord, I want to know you more. And I want to love you more. And I want to lead others to do the same. And when your heart decides, God, I want to know you more. And I want to love you more. And I want to help others do the same. He will do amazing work in you, through you, and for you. But that's on you. And my prayer for you today is that you would hear this word not as a reprimand, but you'd hear it from a friend who would say, if you want the best of 24, chase after God. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for caring for us so much that you want us to grow up to love you. God calls some of us to stop drinking baby milk. Guys, I pray we'd we'd chow down on steak and vegetables and grow up in you. We'd stop whining and crying like three-year-olds and we'd grow up. Men and women and couples and students would say, I want all that you've got from me, God, and I chase after it. God calls that in our life and break our heart where we don't. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.